0: From the land of sky blue waters, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha join me here alongside the state of Hoppy. And thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. What's up, man? Last
1: recording before actual hockey. Last recording before the season opener for the Wild. I'm fucking buzzing, man.
0: Dude, me too. I honestly, I feel like me n- not paying attention to preseason... Means that I've been in a better mental health state than everybody else on Wild Twitter these last uh, two three weeks because people are people dude, are giving way bangers, dude. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I watched the Maroon fight. I'm I'm good. I got my fix there. No, I, I don't know why, but I just I the first and only preseason game I watched was the Canucks losing ten nothing to the Flames, and I was like, I'm not gonna watch Wild or Canucks a single preseason game at all. And I'm just going to wait for the, the regular season.
1: It's it's here. I said it before when I recorded with Cove for the Monday drop. I this is like the first year where hockey hit before I was ready. Like I yeah. actually would like to push it back a week, even though I'm like super excited. I'm going to be glued. I'm going to do nothing but watch TV for opening night. But it's just like, oh, man, we had it so easy this summer. No news, no responsibilities. And now it's like shit. All
0: responsibilities
1: are back.
0: All the news is back too. It's great.
1: Yeah, now Bill Karen wants to do shit. God damn it.
0: <laughs> and Russo's already getting spicy on Twitter with with the comments like it's and like oh, I said, we're yes. we're still in preseason. I need it. I need it. Yes. Oh man, no, I'm excited. You're going to the game. I'm going to be doing a live stream after the game on the SodaPod YouTube channel, literally just to talk to fans. Um, it's either celebrate it's or panic, take your comments and we'll probably go for like thir- 30 minutes. So uh, yeah, come join us.
1: There you go. Five, everyone. Five to 10 minutes after the game. Soda pod on YouTube, subscribe, go in, throw each your hottest takes. He'll react super, super rationally because oh, that's yeah. all he does. Oh yeah. Um, and everyone, uh, whether it's this week in the evenings or if it's this weekend, I got to implore you, you've heard us talk about beer plenty on this show. You have two weeks left to go out and see the existing Dangerous Man tap Room. We'll be closing permanently on, I believe it's October 21st. That's a Saturday or a Sunday, right? We're going to say it is. Uh, that weekend, whatever's closest to it. And this coming weekend, actually, the 14th, 15th is actually 14th. Technically, because they're not open on Sundays for to go. This is the last chance you have to take any of their fresh beer home with you. Growlers, crowlers, whatever. Don't miss it like this is a brewery that holds a a special place in my heart. Uh, Still haven't gotten them on the show. We're working on it uh, in communication right now, but. This was my gateway beer. The Dangerous Man Peanut Butter Porter is and will be forever, I imagine, one of my favorite beers. And whether it's that beer or whatever other one it is, even their soft serve that's alcoholic. Yes, they have, like, I think it's actually 6.9%. Nice. Um, they got wacky stuff over there, but they're great people. And while I'm excited for what could potentially be there in the future with a bigger tap room, maybe outdoor space. Maybe my wife will go there more with me because we can bring a dog. This is your last chance to see it as we've seen it for about a decade now. So final cheers to dangerous man brewing, have a peanut butter Porter for me. Tag me. If you take a picture, um, it's, it's a bittersweet. I'm hoping for uh, what's yet to come with these guys.
0: Yeah. Hoping for bigger and better things. We can they ain't closing the doors forever. So at least that's a positive note.
1: Right. We just don't know when they'll reopen, which is the part that scares me.
0: But, but when we do have peanut butter porters
1: at the X, and you, you bet your ass, I'm gonna grab one on Thursday. Isha said it, I will be there. Uh Q and I in our season ticket draft pretty much always. Go for the season opener because it's just such a fuck, it's an environment. It's great. And we're gonna do our best. I don't know with Eagle Street closing if Tom Reeds is gonna get packed way earlier than usual. But you can expect to hopefully see us at Tom Reeds. If not, you'll probably see us further down the road at bad weather with whatever food truck they've got going. But uh if you see me, tap me on the shoulder. Who knows if you actually are subscribed to the podcast and the YouTube channel decent chance that you'll talk me into buying you a beer too
0: there you go there you go
1: um not at the game because their prices are fucking stupid <laughs> i was
0: hoping to those, those are only for me those are only
1: for me everyone I was, I was, just get a dangerous man peanut butter porter and get to the crawlers of barrel theory before they run out they are so worth it
0: don't ask copy for one of those either <laughs>
1: No, but I'll lead you there. If you find you if you find me before the game at Tom Reed's, you can follow me to the game, and I'll take you right to the promised land.
0: Well, you've done that before, right? People have had issues finding them before, and you've led them uh, you led them down the right path.
1: No, I took a video of it and posted it once. And uh, is that not in one, the
0: digital age? Do is that not the same thing, potato potato? Like
1: the, the youths, it works, but also for guys like uh, John DeCosmaker, who unfortunately isn't able to get one before they sell out. He is the one exception I'll make because right. I love our country and because he does such a great job representing it there with the national anthem um, or Star Spangled Banner, whatever you want to call it. Um, he is the one exception where I bought two, sat in my seat and delivered one to him nice. after. I think that was actually for the playoff game. So yeah, yep. that that just felt necessary. But no, I will not buy those for anyone else. You're, you're going to have to be a really big supporter and prove it somehow. Like, if you've got Isha's face tattooed on your ass, I'll buy you a fucking crawler.
0: (laughs) You kind of just ruined my segue because I was going to be like, someone who Hoppy might buy a crawler for is our next guest here on the podcast, but I doubt he has my face tattooed on his ass. Joe Smith on the other side.
1: what's up everybody we are back here with yet another installment from the uh, generous joe smith of the athletic uh i know everyone's kind of been sitting here waiting for this season to kick off and joe you more than anyone probably have been sitting here bored for most of the off season. it's not boring now bill Guerin decided he wanted to uh torch things up a bit but uh how, how have you been doing man are we ready for the season to kick off
2: Yeah, I'm ready. It's exciting. You know, um, obviously it's crazy. to think like this year, this day, like last year, I was actually arriving here from driving to Minnesota to start the new life. And my dog and I drove from Florida up in a couple of days. And so it's kind of surreal to be, Oh, this is season number two, my first training camp here and feeling a lot more at at home and comfortable. So yeah, I'm ready. I mean, you're right. Long summer, you know, they're losing the first round and they're not a lot of off season news you could write about because the roster has been pretty much what the roster was going to be for, for several months. So I think it's more fun as a writer to get games going, you write about something tangible versus the what ifs.
1: Totally. And do you feel more Minnesotan yet, or is that still kind of working its way up?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think my wife and I definitely feel more Minnesotan and X and it gets more Minnesotan every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, and, we, rec- and like, we went from 90 degrees a week ago to like 35. And so I think we were, still a little bit jarred by that but uh but no i think it's you know we've found a lot of really cool friends here and meet people we've gotten to know well like yourself and um a lot of people are welcoming and and so that was a big part of making it a new home is meeting people and finding a new community and you know obviously hockey fans are are terrific in this whole entire state uh very uh welcoming to to me and like obviously with mike and the work we do and stuff so um definitely feel more more comfortable and, and uh, I don't know if I'm not you on Minnesota yet, but we've done a lot of Minnesota things the last year. So that's definitely helps ingratiate uh, us ourselves into the community. Yeah, that that's
1: definitely fair. And I mean, another very Minnesotan thing pairs well with hockey drinking. I know uh, you got a beer that you just cracked. I am about halfway through uh, my first one here. Get a little into the seasonal swing of things. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Castle Danger. up yes, Castle uh, Danger. north of yeah. Duluth great great spot their maple marzen is a seasonal that like literally just comes out for like a month and a half stretch here in the fall awesome if you're into that like style of beer and it's funny the first time i had it uh my wife loves going up there for uh anniversaries because like we got married end of september so like it's just perfect for like the colors changing not too hot not too cold and of course dabble in some some scenery and some breweries and we happened to show up at their tap room the last day they were allowed to sell growlers back before the growler cap got okay. lifted. It's so like we showed up and the line was like down the corner. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> and turns out, oh, everyone's trying to get in for their last growler fill. And, of course, that's the one I got. And I've just been a sucker for it ever since.
2: A lot of good beers up north for sure. We've been to Duluth and a couple of different breweries there on our trip. So, Definitely experiencing, you know, the nice variety of local beers. Uh, I went for a more a nostalgic, uh, uh, chill approach, a Labat Blue. Um, nice. We grew up, growing up in Michigan, um, we had it a lot in college and a lot of my buddies and I on the weekends and stuff. So um, it went well with like a cultural Saturdays and tailgating and stuff. So I'm going with that one. Mixed between Bad. that and my uh, family's uh, 2K Farm cidery, we had some of that too so to mix it in some nostalgia with some family stuff uh this weekend
1: nice and i can definitely vouch i mean i've only tried the one kind that sangria one that you hooked me up with but i mean just delightful everyone loved it um have you been out to the labat tap room in buffalo
2: um i have not but i will be on the buffalo trip this november so I'm, I'm i'm putting it on my priority list i know we don't have a lot of time because it's a back-to-back and then sure. flying home then sweden that uh that next week but i definitely on that sunday hopefully can pop out there and uh because it is like yeah one of my favorite beers growing up before we kind of understood how good beer can be with the craft beer scene it was you know we didn't really much craft beer scene in you know when my teenage years or early college years, maybe bell's was the biggest thing i guess in michigan which is still a really good beer but um, nice. but yeah so definitely want to check it out
1: Ooh, and everyone's heard me rave i've i've told the story about our trip to buffalo many a time so i'll, I'll give that to you uh off the recording since i know mm. uh you're limited on time but you have to go there and if you're gonna go to a wing place are you a wing guy
2: absolutely yeah you have a gabriel's gate or which one you're talking about so
1: loved gabe's gate my personal favorite out there was swan house
2: Swanee House, okay,
1: and it's right there. Like you can walk there from the rink. It's probably, I mean, it's like a good like seven block walk, but it's okay. It's walkable, very easily walkable. That is my highest recommendation personally. Okay. So I'll have to see how you compare them. Um, but getting into the wild here, I'm gonna break it out into a couple of different uh topic segments here, I guess. Want to lead off with the veterans because that's where there's been a lot of news of late. Some good, some bad, some. Depends on which fan you ask. Let's lead off here, though, with Marc-Andre Fleury. Just an absolute menace. Man on a mission in that Chicago preseason game, particularly in the shootout, literally going to town on the young kids and the one guy that even tried to, like, tuck in the rebound. He just shot the puck at him afterwards. This does not look like a man that's on his farewell tour. Like, what can you say about Marc-Andre Fleury and being locked in for this
2: year? Oh, he's just a gem, you know. Like, and always with a smile on his face, always gracious with with fans, and obviously with with media as well. And you watch him in practice, like doing push-ups after he gives up a goal, or you know, you know, blowing a kiss at the post or tapping the post for if if, if he got lucky enough that a shot went off there. Um, and he pl- he plays and acts like as though he's still in his early twenties in Pittsburgh. And I think we all know. I think he probably knows himself that he's in the back. Maybe the back couple of holes of his career, um, he wouldn't go that far before the season and saying it's definitely it. But um, you know, he said we'll decide after the after the how the season feels to him. But um, you know, certainly doesn't seem like he's slowing down. Um, and I know he won't be the number one guy here in Minnesota. I think it'll be a good split to start the season uh, with Gustafson, and then whoever kind of takes over will take over. But um, my, you know betting guess would be that he would get that game in montreal and the first road trip could be his last game um, at the bell center which would be pretty emotional i'm sure for him coming from that area
1: for sure no that'll that'll be nice not as nice we have jared spurgeon obviously not what you want to see here in the preseason going down with injury talk to me what's the injury what's the extent of how long he might be out and who needs to step up in his absence
2: well, it's it's an upper body injury, and anytime you lose Spurgeon, it's going to be tough. At least they're encouraged. It's only going to be for a couple of weeks. Um, so, and happening before the season gives it some time, some runway. Um, so, it's, it's better to have weeks than months with him because they don't really have a lot of uh, strong depth uh, on the right side, um, you know, on their blue line. Faber is going to be, we'll talk about him later, but he's going to be pushed in as a rookie in the top four, Jonas Brodine. They're not going to mess with that pair. Um, and as far as who steps up, I mean, it'll be Al Goligosky will play, you know, on the right side with Middleton to start the season. And, um, you know, obviously a guy who's been around the block a million times and, um, plays, feels comfortable on the right side. He's played it before in different, different teams he's played on. So, um, but they do have, you know, basically three defensemen in their, in their opening day lineup that were healthy scratches for either good chunks or the, you know, in the playoffs last year with Merrill Addison uh, and Goligosky. So, um, you know, they, they're NHL defensemen, but they're going to be put into the test. And, you know, Spurgeon does so many little things well, and you almost almost forget about him because he's so quietly consistent. I think with a case I came like with, like a, like a lot of things in life, you know, you'll, you know, absence make the heart grow fonder for a guy like Jared Spurgeon.
1: Yeah. I feel like the fans kind of need that too, because like they don't really take him for granted in the regular season, but you Always have the postseason where people love to pile on him and make it out like he's the problem. When let's be real, there were plenty of things that went wrong for the wild this past postseason and most postseasons, but this may make them appreciate him a little bit more.
2: I think so. like, and obviously, the numbers in the postseason are fair. Like, this past season was rough as far as how many goals he used on the ice for, which aren't all on him. There's some sure weird plays, but um, but yeah, I, I think. You know, over the course of a regular season, which you need to play well in order to make the playoffs, especially in this improved Central Division, anytime you lose your number one or, or arguably second best defenseman, um, if you're not the first top defenseman, Jonas Brodin, then you know you're going to see those impact on the ice.
1: For sure, and the juicy topic of late, everyone has very much voiced their opinions tenfold on the internet. We've got some extensions that have been signed after a very boring Mm -hmm. summer. We've got Matt Zuccarello signing two by 4.125. We got Marcus Foligno four by four. And then we have Ryan Hartman, which was a three by four, correct? Or was Mm -hmm. it a little
2: over four? It was three by four. Three Mm -hmm. by four.
1: Okay. I feel like you can easily make an argument for any of these signings individually I think the big issue for fans and there's some that could easily fight against any of them individually too, I guess, but the bigger issue is the collective group. All three were brought back and people want to say, Oh, hasn't worked recently or Hey, we're blocking out prospects. Like what's your perspective just on the extension and bringing all three of these guys back?
2: Well, it wasn't a crazy surprise. I mean, I think, Mike Russo and I hinted at it in a column before like the week before this kind of happened, that they were in talks with these three guys um, that they wanted to potentially sign. Like the, the players all wanted to stay. So there was possibly, we all, we also thought they might, you know, the chance they could wait and see how the season goes before, you know, locking them up. And that way you have more options at the trade deadline, if you go that route. But if you go with the underlying theme and, and mentality of both Craig Leopold, the owner and Bill Guerin, the president and uh, GM, they're not, going to stomach any kind of rebuild or youth movement or that kind of thing. And if you go between that philosophy and how much, you know, Garen loves his core and believes in his core, then it makes sense from their end. If they already like the player and the players, you know, proven, not necessarily like, you know, not playoff or champions, so to speak, but they're guys that, you know, they believe they're part of their future going forward. It makes sense to them to lock them up. Um, you know get some cost certainty um make for a boring summer for us writers next <laughs> next year uh um, <laughs> with all the offseason business pretty much taken care of but i think the biggest concern the biggest thing is big picture like as a as a as a massive group right and not just that ryan hartman in itself is a smart signing i think because they've had issues number one center for how many years and mm-hmm. he's the one guy who's been proven to be effective with their best player, Kirill Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And maybe Mar- Marco Rossi will get there. I don't think he's ready right now, but he'll, maybe he'll get there to the number one center and Ryan Hartman will move down to a second or third line, either center or winger. Bevan um, Eck did do pretty great with those two guys in a spot duty for that. So in, that makes sense in an individual perspective. Matt Zuccarello aligning him to the end of the contract with Kirill Kaprizov makes sense in its own. You know, Zuccarello is still a very effective player, even at his age. Um, uh, big in the power play and at the top line, where does, who plays there if he's not there um, going into next year. So, and Felina, I think you can argue it would be a little more term than people were comfortable with. Or maybe in, uh, as far as people, people would probably be okay with a three times three. People would have got that pretty easily. Totally. Um, but he's a big culture presence guy and he's a, He's along the lines of like a kind of a, a Bill Guerin mold, and that not as good of a score, like as skilled, maybe as Bill Guerin was as a player, but kind of fits that kind of prototype. And so we can see why he'd be interested in doing that. But the big picture, it's you basically have your top nine locked up for three years, essentially. Yeah. I mean, there's nobody, I mean, maybe Johansson's the one that'll be off the, off the books first, but they're basically saying this is our top, this is our group, and there may be some chances to move in a prospect with if they don't sign Duhame next year or Dewar or Pat Maroon's not going to come back. So that's another spot. So there's some spots in the bottom six, maybe the third, the fourth line or something like that next year, or if there's injuries, but overall this is their group. And this is what they're going to go with. And, um, whether you think call them stubborn or not, that's their belief. And so I think that's, you know, if you're going to be a naysayer, you're like that basically you locked up your whole night top nine, but if your other side of it, you're like, well, who are the guys or prospects that you think are legitimately, 100% hundred percent better and ready. Do you think Sammy Walker is better than the options that they have right now in the lineup? Um, do you think Adam Adam Beckman's better right now than or let better than Rossi, Goudreau or Felino? You know? So I think teams take a more conservative approach than fans or even media do with prospects. Like they want to just jump, put Ogren right in next year when he comes over from North America. They want to put in Daniel Uroff right in the top line when he gets over here for next year. Um knowing not knowing the fact that it takes some of these guys time and patience is very few and far between for guys like that when you're without marco rossi took him a little while and he's still gonna try to find his footing in the nhl so Mm -hmm. i get the fans frustration or the idea of just keeping the whole group together considering there hasn't been a lot of track record in this core as far as playoff success like 8 and 15 the last four years but it is the, the strategy of this the gm and their owner of not rebuilding and they feel that the guys right now are better than what they have Right now, what they have in the system, and also as far as better than hoping next summer there's a free agent that they can find that a is better and b would will be willing to come to Minnesota over other other teams.
1: Sure, no, and that's fair. And I think that the key things, one of them you already hit on, right? Why now? Why now versus waiting and seeing how the season plays out, whether it be injury, whether it be a down year, especially like the one that people are really harping on is Felino, who had a down year last year. But the thing on top of that from fans, the three guarantees on wild Twitter, death taxes and bitching about no movement clauses. What, what's your thought on those no movement clauses being thrown out?
2: And i talked about this a lot because i came from tampa and they give out a lot of no move mm-hmm. no trade clauses and a lot of those were tied to the fact that they took team-friendly deals because they were to no-tax state right so uh-huh. like, if they got these johnson or kucherov whoever to a long-term deal that was good money-wise and they trade him to toronto or somewhere else then all of a sudden that deal wasn't quite as lucrative for them so they had to do the no trade clauses some teams like I think nashville don't we have no trade they make it a philosophy they don't do them all Um, I think that is a valid question of no moves, especially if it's still the full term. Usually that that guarantees you a little less money on AAV if you get the security to players, especially veteran players, uh, in case of like Zuccarello, for example, or Foligno. But I definitely get that respect, um, get that the no-move clauses can be frustrating for fans, but it's part of the negotiation process all around the league right now. Totally. And, um, And I've asked that question too about why not wait? Why not see how the season goes? And if you take a step back, all of a sudden you lost some valuable trade commodity to the deadline. If Ryan Hartman got a first round pick like four years ago, what would he get this year? Oh. You know, that
1: they're salivating over a guy like Ryan Hartman,
2: you know, like I think that's, they would be hot commodities if that ever got to the point. But yeah, um, what was brought up to me was like, how often does that happen where you trade a guy at the deadline and re-sign him that summer? And, If that's if the whole focus for the wild was keeping these guys, then that was their number one goal. They accomplished their goal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So that's the point. And and you can agree or disagree. And I think it's fair to have an argument against. uh, But I think everyone always looking for the guys that they don't have versus Mm -hmm. what's your better option, I guess, right now or July 1st next year. Who's going to be out and available that's a cheaper than these guys B better than those guys. And that C would pick the Minnesota wild to, to jump in. So yeah, uh, fair game. It's both ways.
1: No. And I mean, just like Jared Spurgeon, right? The second you lose them, you're going to miss them. The one thing that I think will quell a lot of the internet's concerns, they hear Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick, come out and say like, Oh yeah, expansion is going to happen. Like, Teams are salivating after the sale of the Ottawa Senators. Like, mm-hmm. there's big money to be had for future expansion. Do you see that happening any time before these no move clauses are expired?
2: Um, I can see. Yeah. I mean, first, like, I don't think we'd be there before Zuccarello is done, but it could be for like Hartman or Felino, You know, oh, well, Fellino's
1: is- got the same like no move stretch
2: as Zuccarello the the first two years and I think Hartman's like the last year I believe I thought Hartman was
1: the like didn't they retroactively add it to this contract and then also give it to him the first year of the new one or some I don't know I remember seeing it and I'm like
2: I didn't realize you could do this but that's cool (laughs) I don't think I don't think they you could add it to a current contract I didn't think so either but I
1: swear that's what Russo said I'm gonna have to go back and fact check myself on this one Mm -hmm. um but fair but so I mean do you see within the next two years expansion happening?
2: I can see within the next two years, an announcement of a franchise coming in sure. and then I don't know how long that will take for the expansion draft to be set up or I feel like Seattle was not. like a year and a half. Wasn't it? You know, if I think we'll find out a lot quicker if Arizona's situation doesn't get resolved by January this right? is true. and but that would be more so a relocation versus just opened up full-fledged expansion. Yeah. Um, and there have been encouraging news recently, at least at the Arizona's front, about finding an arena site in that respect. So I guess if you're on the scale of a, a fan who's worried about everything, uh, you know, worried about the no move clauses in a couple of years, for sure. After after probably watching what this team has given up in expansion drafts to protect certain guys or the Dumbo's of the world. But, um, you know, I think as far as like the short term. I think the, the while they're just trying to be effective in a really tough division and get beyond the first round for the first time in eight years and give the their fans, obviously something to be really excited about
1: poor, poor Matt Dumba sitting here watching all of his boys. He's just a year too soon. Yeah. If he had one more year on his contract here, he could be signing one of these extensions too.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I don't know if that would actually would have happened, but, sure. um, but yeah, I think, you know, they had no money last summer to give a one-year four million dollar deal that they that he got in in arizona or what he was offered in toronto um i think they were ready to move on to Faber. um you know obviously you need players on your entry-level deal to be you know contribute and be successful you can't have all guys making four or five million dollars even though there's some teams that are getting there so um yeah i think that you know, the timing didn't work out for him in the end, as far as being able to re-sign at, a, at any kind of rate, they could offer the minimum golfer to McKellen Addison deal, which I don't think he would have taken. So um, God bless him. I think the fans are going to miss him eventually. And I think the, obviously the guys in the room definitely miss him more Joe Smith on the other
0: side, guys, but first I want to take this quick break to remind you all to check out our partners here on the soda pod. That's right. We talk about them all the time, but seventh Avenue pizza, the best damn pizza in all of Minnesota. Hell Even outside of Minnesota now as well. I've never eaten Domino's again. I've never eaten Papa John's again. 7th Avenue Pizza all day, every day. Follow them on social media as they will totally be interactive with you and tell you where you can get the best deals. Also, check out our friends Northland Vodka. Mix yourself a Capri. What's what's the drink we made again? A Capri Sun? Capri Sun today?
1: I think we came up with four different variations of mixing Capri Sav with Capri Sun but let us
0: know <laughs> your hockey related cocktail using none other than northland vodka this year tag us on social media because we want to hear about it and go support them today oh, hi, also Mark. waggle golf they're dropping unbelievable fall lines and and new drops pretty much weekly folks their new quarter zips are amazing don't forget to use the promo code sp10 upon checkout and fill up your cart it's a one time use Get 10% off, use SP10, getyourwaggleon.com, whether you're in the United States or Canada. Best damn golf apparel, business casual apparel. Shoot, just clothes to stay warm in this, and look stylish, but also stay warm in this winter season. And last but not least, our friends at Better Edge. Legal sports betting in Minnesota. The NFL season is off and running. The Vikings Viking season is... Making us all puke, but uh, so something that I'm can not. bring us joy <laughs> is Better Edge. As I know, so many of you sports fans, like myself, like Hoppy, are sitting in the state, going, "What the hell is going on? Why are why are we still living in the the the, the years of the cavemen? You it's know, the the dinosaur age. age. Why don't we have sports betting here? Well, Better Edge is your answer. <laughs>
1: dinosaur age. That's so great.
0: <laughs> what was I What was what was the actual? I, I was I was going it's for going something better. The Stone Age. He's just uh, living in the, the Stone Age, age right amen, now.
1: Uh, the Dinosaur Age. <laughs> On uh, 32 Thoughts, someone called out Friedman for saying that he was going to ride a Brontosaurus in the Paleozoic era. And someone like called in is was like, uh, by the way, Elliot, that's uh, not possible because those were actually two eras before. And it was just perfect.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, Better Edge. Go check them out.
1: Yes. Uh, promo code SOTAPOD. No space gets you $20 for free. No deposit required. And I mean, speaking of Kalen Addison, we'll move on uh, to the the youth movement here. And this will be a little bit more uh, direct. Um, Really want to know what a successful season looks like for some of our key young players. So, first one, what's a successful season look like for Marco Rossi?
2: I would say, considering last season and he had, like, one point in 19 games, like, I could see him, like, even in, like, the 10-15 goal range, I think for me would be good and do, like, the 50 points or, you know, I mean, ideally you'd say, oh, 60 to 70 points and, 25 goals. But I think if you're starting realistically, get some confidence and in, in Mojo going offensively, get the 15 goals and 15 goals. I mean, they do Hayman scored nine and 50 something last year, you know, and if Marco Rossi is playing power play, he'll get some more chances too. So hmm. um, I think he will be effective season for him.
1: And if he plays the entire season on the third line, is that cool? Or do you like need to see him get some spot starts in the top six?
2: If you play this all season, there means the whole team will be pretty much healthy, right? Which is um, true. Yeah. you know, and if that means the the or uh Ek and Andranson line is as good as it was last year, and that'll mean that you know the no issues with Hartman or 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 Zucurello or a more sportly like creased off injury-wise. So I think the wild would take that. I think there are chances maybe he'll get some shifts with those guys, but I think if yeah, I mean third line would I'm sure he wants to play up more in top six, but if he if he plays third line or mix second line. Sometimes I think that'll be, he'll, it'll be good enough for anything different to be effective in NHL.
1: So to translate for everyone, calm down. If Rossi's playing on the third line, it's going to be okay. We're He's going to be
2: playing play the third it. line. So they have no choice, but to watch that for sure.
1: <laughs> um, all right. What's a successful season look like for Matt Boldy?
2: I mean, I, I think another 30 goal season is not out of the question, you know, um, I think him playing with that line all year long with Johansson and Eck would be, um, he showed the capability to be one of the better, more dynamic, you know, wingers uh, in the conference last year. And he was one of the hottest players on the stretch that really kind of helped carry um, the group when they are going that, that long run. So um, I think continuing that kind of stat line and also showing like Bill Guerin wanted him in the playoffs, be tougher in the heart, in the, those dirty areas and, and using that size that he has to his advantage uh, preparing him more for um, the playoffs. I think I think any any evaluation of Matt Boldy would have to include what happens in the playoffs, or focus on that because I think we oh, know man. he's a dynamic player, well worth I think the seven million dollars he makes a year. Um, but I think what anything any time you evaluate him would be the playoff specific. So if he scores thirty goals and there's no points, or he doesn't play well in the playoffs, and I think they'll you know, people will probably look at that as a more disappointing finish to him.
1: Very fair. All right. What's a successful season look like for Brock Faber?
2: Um, I think playing most, if not all the year in the top four with Brodine. Um, and I think that's what he'll get the chance to do. And there'll probably be some growing pains um, with that. And when Spurgeon is healthy, they can always put Spurgeon with Brodine and balance that out. But I think there will, will be less about point totals for Brock Faber since well, he wants to get more involved offensively, and he's shown that in, in camp. That's not really what they're depending on him for. But if he can show that he can be that defenseman in a shutdown role and and not be protected and kind of fit with Brodine, I think for the long-term future of the Wild, that'd be hugely important.
1: And please just say it for the people listening. Does it matter how many points he puts up this year?
2: No, not at all.
1: Thank you. We, we, we need people to hear that because we know in the first week or two, it's going to be, oh, zero points for him. What's he doing? But uh, yes, couldn't agree more on that sentiment. On the flip side, not at all the case here for the last one I got to ask about. And you know, this one holds a special place in my heart. What's a successful season look like for Kalen Addison?
2: I think established reestablish himself as a regular NHL player. And he won't have to be flashy. Like, obviously, he'll be at points because he's, in theory, on the top power play. But for a guy who had that season last year where he spent a lot of the second half scratched, if he can establish himself in the defensive zone, having some characteristics like Jared Spurgeon, you know, kind of showing that hockey sense doing that, um, if, if they don't have to dip into the well of scratching him and then putting Galagoski with Merrill or worrying about trying to bring somebody up from... From Iowa to play there, because not really many NHL ready defensemen there at this point. Um, so I think a um successful season for Kale edison is playing a regular role in the NHL and and being um an effective uh top power of play kind of quarterback in the respect. Doesn't have to doesn't have to score like 40, 50 points, doesn't have to be this, you know, flashy player, just has to be consistent, earn the trust of coaches and show he can be part of for him and the team, show he's part of the future beyond this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, play the entire season would be a great start. No press box. Give me an over/under for power play points for him if he sticks with the unit all year.
2: It's a tough one. How many did he have last year in the short time?
1: Last I think, year, I want to say he was in the teens, but yeah, I, I mean, would be lying uh, if I said I knew. I think
2: power play points like i think if you do like 20 plus 25 you know like not every power play he'll be he'll be a factor on the hook of points for right if it's totally. the one pass that leads to to Carill and and then everything else so i think you know like i said the points will matter of course more for, so for him than maybe brock faber as far as evaluation but i don't think yeah. if he gets let's say he gets 20 to 23 power play points would be really good and then um he's able to be relied upon and play more minutes in the def- in five five situation
1: and i mean context for everyone last year it was like low 30s was the highest power play point total for a defenseman so if he's in the 20s like we should be saying thank you very much Kalen addison
2: yeah even if the high teens or early low 20s like yeah you know if the power play will be working pretty well <laughs> that happens
1: more joe smith coming up here but first need to give a quick shout out to the great local craft breweries that have been such great partners and supporters of ours firstly you guys hear us talk about them regularly back channel brewing out in spring park we'll call it lake minnetonka or mound for those that are more familiar that way and you know they're bringing it all month Vikings games get out there for the ultimate Viking game day experience. Multiple food trucks, they've got the parlor food truck there per- permanently in the summer. I don't know how long they'll be there this year, but who cares? Get out there for great beer and a great time. Lupulin are great friends. The legends of Canart, the people that were nice enough to let idiots like us brew a beer with them. That's right. The tourney flow, which we've already been assured. Coming back next year, we're going to do our best to make it even more available. We'll see yet. Stay tuned. Loose Line Brewing, the great hidden gem of Plymouth. Incredible beer, massive tap room, and just great people and great vibes across the board. I know there's been discussions, might be doing more live events there this coming season. Stay tuned there as well. And lastly, mentioned it earlier in the show, Barrel Theory out there by the X underrated pregame location for a wild game. Go there, hit some great beer, get some great bites right next door at dark horse. And it's pretty much the same walk from there as it is from the other side of West seventh. Um, but once you get to the game, folks get there quickly. The day that I get beaten to the Crowlers in arena will be the saddest, happiest day of my life because it means that enough people have caught on that hopefully there will be more demand and we'll get more barrel theory crawlers at the games. Absolute value when we talk about an 11 or $12 McGolden 16 ounce compared to a, I think it's $23 for 25 ounces of pure heaven. It's always the latest variation of whatever IPA they're dropping. It's not it, a light beer. That's right. It's not a light beer. Three things I can guarantee you. It will taste better than any light beer. It will get you more drunk than any light beer. And people will see you walking with that can and stop. you be like, bro, where the fuck did you get that? That is all of the reasons you possibly could need. Throw up a picture, tag myself, tag Barrel Theory. You will get the love. The shares will circulate. Timmy Johnson, owner of Barrel Theory, Hardly ever engages on that social page. The second you tag him at a wild game, he fucking goes. It's true. Full, it's true. Full send. Full send, people. Get out there, support our good friends in the brewery scene. And if there's a brewery that we haven't featured on here yet that you think we need to give more love to, let us know. Tag them on Twitter, DM us, let us know. Tell them that they need to jump on the soda pod. We are here to help and support anyone local last piece here then want to get into just the season holistically here starting with the minnesota wild in particular where do you see them stacking up in the western conference and or central division
2: well i mean i wouldn't call them right now at least you know the class of the western conference like there are teams that are ahead of them both in the division and in and, and the conference with the Vegas who won the cup. And I think right now I did, we did our predictions. I predicted them to be third in the central division behind Colorado and Dallas, who could be kind of the favorite. That was pretty unanimous division.
1: on our preseason picks too.
2: <laughs> so I think the third, fourth in the division is kind of, you know, where they kind of hovered around last year and they brought the whole team back except for like Matt Dumba and their brought maroon over, reeves not much changing there so i think if they're in that third fourth range make the playoffs i think that's kind of a realistic scenario you know if they get hot and they things go well and their goaltending is as good as it was last year then they have a chance to to bump up and they, they, they were close and at the end of the year i think they were in march they were you know vying for the eastern conference title or as far as like the top seed until um there was that vegas trip lost to vegas and then um, lost the next time to Vegas, too, and then kind of went on a little bit of a a slow streak. But um, yeah. so I think in that thir- second, third, fourth range in the division. But as I think we'll mention later, you know, Arizona's improved. Winnipeg just signed two of their core pieces, Shifley and, and Hellebuck. So they're going to be.
1: That's right. Where going to
2: go with it. <laughs> not trade deadline fodder. They'll be guys that are sticking around. So yeah. Uh, St. Louis, you know, had a rough, uncharacteristically rough year. So they'll be. They kind of rebuild with some moves that they made. Um, so there'll be less gimmies, I think, in that uh, division to where every point will be so important.
1: Yeah. I mean, everyone has largely improved across the division, it seems, besides the wild, who haven't gotten worse. They just haven't notedly improved, besides, hey, you can look at Johansson as being an acquisition, right? Because we didn't mm-hmm. have him most of the year. That'd be a huge spark to the team if they can even be 80% of what that line was last year. But I look back on my preseason picks and I'm flirting with putting the jets above the wild. Now that those extensions are done. Like, do you think that the Winnipeg jets after their trade where I think they made out extremely well shipping out Dubois and getting the return they did? Do you think the jets have a strong case for bumping the wild out of the top three in the division?
2: I did have a case for sure. I mean, I think if they weren't in such turmoil last year, they would, it would have been a lot. You don't have bonus calling out as players and just the frustration there. <laughs> I think really, I think that really got to the whole psyche of the team, not knowing who if Dubois wanted to stay or if the other, their top guys wanted to stay, you know, all the Blake Wheeler situation that went on the last couple of years. So yeah, I think there'll be a much more maybe harmonic time there and guys believing in having your world-class goalie there all year and happy and, yeah, um, I, I just yeah, like they're not a much of a wiggle room or margin for error between like the wild and some of these other teams like Winnipeg. So um, if a team is more consistent and just gets some of the, the bounces or just get some more health, uh, there's clearly a, a, a way for them to make a, a little bit more of a move in the division.
1: Yeah, no, that that's very fair. Now, you spent a long stretch of your career covering the Tampa Bay Lightning and. Shocker, everyone's pretty much written them off this year because of the Vasilevsky news. Out mm-hmm. for an extended period of the start of this season. Should people be writing Tampa off?
2: People already are. You know, I think you look at the predictions in some places and, you know, Vasilevsky is their MVP, is their backbone. He's their most valuable and important player. Um, so I, I get why there's some concern there um, because oftentimes in NHL, if you fall off to a, a rough start, it's really hard to make up points in like a three point game league, right? Everybody gets a point. It seems like for the overtime and stuff. So that is completely fair. Having been around those guys as long as I was and how, how they're made up of the competitiveness, like the overall star power that they have that can really kind of help carry them. Uh, I wouldn't, I I did not have them out of the playoffs in my prediction this year the the conference will be better like the division of clearly would be better like ottawa totally. buffalo detroit will be better um so i get that and points will be harder to come by i'm not quite ready to crown um some of those guys better than lightning right now but yeah i think the the first few weeks will be telling johansson's played really well for them in the preseason so that's going to be a uh, that's going to help them a, an awful lot i don't think they're gonna be they don't think he'll be vasilevsky of course but if he can win win the winnable games and and not be a detriment in net, gives him a chance so yeah i i think people write them off and i understand why there's some some concerns there but um in my playoff predictions or i did not have them out of the playoffs it might have been a third seed or a wild card team but to them it doesn't really matter what what they are, as long as you get the playoffs, like the right. That is not a team
1: you want to be the low seed coming in. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you think that Steven Stamkos's contract situation will hurt their chances this year? Help them by motivating them, or do you think it's just indifferent because he's such a consummate pro? Uh,
2: I I don't think it'll be a big detriment to them. I think. I think the hope is that they'll get something done eventually. I think he's such a pro and such well-revered in the room that he can compartmentalize that. Um, and he went through this situation before where he was a free agent a whole entire season going into 16, 2016 summer. And that he had injuries at the end of that year, too. He came back for Game 7 against the, the Penguins, um, and they lost that game. But I think he's been through it enough before. Obviously, that, I'm sure it's a little hurt, hurt him that they haven't got something talked about or something done. But... I think, yeah. especially in the market that they play in, there's not a lot of media covering them. Is not like it's well, going to be a storyline every day. And so Joe, I think, it's I think a be- bigger thing too, you look at all of the other big names on the
1: team, like the cornerstones that they're keeping around, they signed the summer before they were free agents. And he's already waited until like being in free agency at the eve of it to sign. Does he feel slighted having to go through that yet again this year?
2: Maybe he's disappointed, no doubt. Um, probably a little hurt by it. But I think the other situations, other guys weren't 33 years old, right? Gotcha. Um, and they weren't, this year's unique because they've had all this turnover from all their depth. They have some questions on defense. I, I truly believe that they want to see how these guys in newer role, bigger roles fare before they know how much money they need to have to spend next year on someone in the blue line potentially, right? You know, will Perbix and Darren Radish be top four caliber defenseman, right? Will other guys be able to, you know, play the roles offensively that they're leaning on because of all the guys that have left. So yeah. I think as part of it is, you know, the issues that they have other parts of the ice, they want to see how it works out. Part of it, just, just the way Julian Breezeball and Lightning Out have to be. They sometimes are a little cutthroat. They trade Ryan McDonough two days after the playoff running and against the Avs. And, you know, that was not a very popular move inside the room but they had to be a little cutthroat and make business decisions for what the best long-term deal for the franchise. And I certainly would hope for lighting fans that they get to see Sam goes finish his career there. And that's what he wants to do. And we'll uh, see what happens. Treat him better
1: than you treated Marty. That's all we can ask. Um, all right, let's wrap it then, Joe. Everyone's got him. I'm sure they've changed a couple of times, but here on the eve of the kickoff of the NHL season, Stanley Cup finals prediction. Who represents the East? Who represents the West? And who wins?
2: I think it's the Oilers versus Hurricanes and the Oilers win, bringing the cup back to Canada.
1: No, no, no. That's exactly my prediction. This is so. It is? Boring. Yeah. It's <laughs> a is so it's, so it's I, a- I've gone back and forth on who wins that matchup quite a bit. That was actually my pick last year and I didn't look good, but. I'm I'm sticking by my guns this year. I really like how the Oilers look. I think having at home for a full season is huge. I think the addition of Brown and giving them even more depth up front is also huge. And I don't think their goaltending can be any worse than it was last year. If anything, both guys are due for a slight rebound, and one of them is going to win out there. But Carolina so disciplined strong top to bottom every position they're not like the in-line matchups right they're not like the best in the league in any position but most teams you match up with you're gonna win more of the matchups than you're gonna lose and yeah. I, I it's tough
2: only concern i have with carolina is can they score enough right and that's the problem last year in the playoffs they can defend yeah. they can forecheck the hell out of you and all that stuff the question is can they score enough in those in the moments in the playoffs to get that far but i really like their team he the you have help these guys would help yeah, he would definitely help. But I think the Oilers have the vibe of like the avalanche the year or so before they won the Cup. They have okay. a little more of the vibe of the Lightning before they won the Cup. They just have the top players in the world and they're hungry and they're ticked off and they know the, the window is not going to be there forever. So I think I think I just like kind of that vibe that they have and may not work out or may not happen. But I think as of right now, that will be that's my pick for, for the Cup final.
1: Can't believe you just had the same picks as me. All right. To
2: to both be wrong. We'll both be idiots. Yeah.
1: Right or wrong together. To all right. One last piece on that then. Because we've seen it with a lot of teams, right? You have to kind of vanquish your demons. Does Edmonton almost have to go through Vegas to make it all the way? Like, do they have to beat them and silence that criticism and get the monkey off the shoulder to
2: get it done? I think they'd love to and they, they any team like that would want to, I think the lightning wanted to go through Columbus um, after they lost <laughs> them. And there's a sweep and they did, and that was a big hurdle for them and a big momentum swing. So that doesn't work for everybody. I think, you know, they'll play who they get in the playoffs, but that mm-hmm. would definitely be a huge galvanizing thing to, to kind of slay the, the cup champion and show you learn from the past and get there. So we'll see.
1: Can't get to the princess without slaying a few dragons. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, Joe, very much appreciate you jumping on as always. Uh, very generous with your time. Let's plug away here, though. I know we've had some articles drop recently. I don't know if we've got any coming up here throughout the start of this week that we can plan ahead for. But shamelessly plug away here for the athletic.
2: Well, just uh, real quickly, we'll have a story tomorrow on Kirill Kaprizov talking to teammates, how he's evolved as a leader, been a little more vocal behind the scenes than people might have expect. And so that'll be for tomorrow on the athletic and colleague, Mike Russo has a big uh, story on Joel Erickson uh, a couple days from now, he, from his trip to Sweden and his hometown, a little more, a lot of cool family picks and, and stuff like that. So, um, some good stuff coming and we'll have a lot more the next week or so. And Mike and I kind of combine our coverage with the wild and national. So, but that'll be the first couple ones to drop.
1: Love it. And everyone, be tuned in don't know how frequently don't know necessarily what yet but joe's dedicated he says he's going to get some kind of gopher coverage out to you maniacs this year um i guess light question here cooley's gone nice is gone faber's gone a lot of guys are gone can we see the gophers playing in the x this year
2: i think i think we can i think we can I i mean obviously they great teams like them reload um and that rebuilds and there's still a lot of guys that came back for their fifth year some veteran players including their goalie you know so they've got some key guys coming on uh more is going to be a really awesome player even as a freshman you can you're seeing it right now and Snuggerood's is going to be kind of carving his even more of a niche here we have a bigger role now that his two linemates are gone um you know they have some depth and i think the, the blue line will be my biggest question after losing all of the guys that they had last year from LaCombe and Faber and some key pieces. So, yeah, I mean, I think they could definitely make it. Um, it won't be easy, but I think there have been uh, some guys that you'll see that you made to, get to see a lot last year because of all the other guys ahead of them that like to step in. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against uh, covering them at the, uh, the X uh, next spring.
1: Love it. Well, appreciate you as always, Joe, everyone, obviously check him out. Make sure if you're not already follow him on Twitter, what's the handle Joe
2: Uh, at Joe Smith, NHL. So follow me there and J Smith at the any email you want to send. So thanks for having me though.
1: Boom. Appreciate it. Everyone make sure you check them out and uh, Hey, go wild here on Thursday for the opener. Joe, uh, if you hang around long enough afterwards, I probably owe you a beer or two here.
2: Sounds great. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.
1: <laughs> you know what? We're ready to go. All right. Again, Joe Smith. What a great guy. Obviously, uh, a little bit more ingratiated here with the Minnesotans now of late, which is probably why people are way more comfortable and being scumbags and commenting on Ryan Hartman marriage posts and saying, fuck that guy. He got too much money. Um,
0: when welcome. he got under Joe. six mil, so I'm I'm happy. By the way, I said if he gets under five five, under six, you know I'll I be happy. That's a
1: reasonable contract, but we're not going to go
0: down that no, path. No, we don't. I
1: to ask I'm you, just... though, Isha, you haven't heard it yet because I recorded with Joe solo. Yeah, I'm about to edit. We gave our picks, which unfortunately we picked the uh, same exact matchup and outcome um, for the Stanley no, Cup Finals. Isha, no, Edmund, what is you? It? Let me
0: guess. You guys have Edmonton and Carolina.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty easy guess, but that's also I yeah. say it all the time. dude. I'm
0: going Vegas Buffalo, baby. <laughs> what just for Eichel versus Buffalo? <laughs> no, but that isn't even that is a way better storyline. How did
1: you fucking miss that?
0: You're a house. I'm just shit. super high on Buffalo and I'm not as high as Edmonton as the rest of the world, You're but that isn't even better. That isn't even better storyline. Like I said, I'm living in the stone to age, not the stone age. Okay, calm down. <laughs>
1: Hey, speaking of, if people are going after them, like that hit that we saw on Stone in the preseason, it is going to be a rough year for that Vegas group. And that's the only reason I find it hard for them to make it back. They have the roster, but there's going to be big hurdles to get through on the way. But who knows? We'll see. They faced hurdles last year.
2: They faced
0: adversity last year.
1: When is the last time that a team that, didn't make the playoffs the previous year, made it to the cup final. So it can't be no,
0: not for, not for, I mean, probably what Carolina maybe, or Edmonton making it to the finals that one year, or no, they may, okay. we're, made...
1: we're going to talk about 06. Like that was the like weirdest, like
0: most unorthodox
1: matchup ever, but fair.
0: fair. I mean, that's the only one I can think of. So I pulled, probably. I pulled what everyone came to mind. I, I, I don't probably. know. Honestly, I mean, may, uh, may,
1: was LA in the playoffs the first year? they won it like were Uh, they in the the year prior i I feel like they
0: were were. i I think they they were were. yeah Yeah. because that was dowdy's first first year no no first year or first year on his big contract like after his rookie deal because i remember he sat out the fucking preseason
1: (laughs) but thank you you made me feel better though the way that you reacted immediately like well i know what you guys picked so that like just tells the listeners that I wasn't just being a bitch and agreeing with what Joe Smith said right away. Like that's no, that's where my I, head I knew. I almost pivoted and said Carolina over Edmonton just to be different, but I, I couldn't do it. I, I am a lunatic that somehow is convinced that Edmonton wins. Now tell me more likely Edmonton or Toronto in the cup final.
0: Oh, Edmonton.
1: Okay. I just had to hear you say it.
0: Yeah, and and that's like that's the that's game. removing that's my bias as well. Them. Like I I think Edmonton. Shit, it's removing your bias. <laughs> no, I, I Edmonton is like plugged all their holes. Well, the Toronto Maple Leafs are just kind of doing the same thing again. That's not How my do, me- point.
1: Which also plug all your holes. That, Isha, we're trying to be monetized here. Stop that. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but Toronto, I don't Filled think before. there is a world where you're capable of removing the bias. I don't think you can speak about them in an unbiased (laughs) manner. It's not possible. You're the man that doesn't care. You hate baseball. Yeah. But you still cared about the twins opening matchup only because it was against Toronto.
0: Oh, dude, people are hating me on Twitter. They're like, dude, what, why are you doing this? Like, why, why are you even commenting on this? Like, you don't know anything about this, blah, blah, blah." like the celebrations. I was just spamming pictures of the blue Jays celebrating before they won (laughs) anything. saying this is the dumbest shit in sports. (laughs) <laughs> and People are getting so mad. you players so... are lame like that. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's, obviously, I'm gonna text out
1: like basketball players, pussies. Yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, no, that was that was awesome. Now I now I really don't even know where the twins are at, but it was awesome.
1: Uh, uh, it's one one. It's one one, and as we record here, tomorrow is the next game. They play mm. at fucking three oh seven. What in the afternoon? Yeah, it's wild, but. God bless them because then it's over before Pittsburgh, Chicago. So
0: there you go. Oh, well, great show, man. Great show. Big thanks again to Joe Smith. Big thanks to all of our partners on the soda pod and our, all of our brewery friends as well. And a big thanks to all of you who have been subscribing to our YouTube channel and continuing to listen to our podcast We're I mean, this is it. The, the new season is, is next week. We are, we're back. We are Holy back the other season of the soda pod. And uh, we're really excited to be here. We're gonna be so much more active on our YouTube channel this season. I know we kind of ramped things up towards the end of last season. About halfway, it was halfway. Uh, regular, yeah. regular post game streams. I'm going to be oh shit this regular, week. Next week, like, regular. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what I- I'm happens. Gonna post- we'll week I'm going to be posting. I'm going to be posting a schedule ahead of time. I'm going to be posting dates um, on our YouTube channel from my account, um, and I'll constantly yeah. be sharing of the days throughout the like pretty much every month that i will be streaming hell i i'm probably even going to set them up on the youtube channel ahead of time so you guys can see them there and then you guys can join us post game won't be every game but it'll be like it'll be a good chunk of them every month so join us for that join us for yeah, regular clips on our youtube channel
1: <laughs> can't even commit to half that's okay and um,
0: finally we have uh some new content dropping uh the next weird. couple of weeks as well uh we teamed up with our friend jordan at beer dabbler we went to the dabbler depot s- studio again and we uh well we had a nice beer tasting of all the Drecker beers from drekker fest well, Drecker fest nine uh this well just a few weeks ago so that'll be dropping sh- shoot in the next week and next week week or Hopefully two
1: sometime this week we'll see
0: yeah so stay tuned for that as well we have content dropping on the channel not just clips but also unique brewery content as well so subscribe to the youtube channel at the Sodapod. never miss a beat
1: when you do that you should probably tune in every wednesday 6 p.m live recording and that's 6 p.m central live recording of judds buds if you haven't noticed listening we definitely take uh engagement from the audience to drive some of the conversation when possible. So please get in, be active, be loud, and uh obviously check out new episodes on podcast form every Friday. Um also MNCAA, we've got another episode that should be dropping this week on Wednesday. And then looking to the future, a little bit new format coming for MNCAA. So stay tuned for that, but definitely going to be coming back to you in a weekly cadence like it was last year led by fearless leader nick maxson
0: at the soda pod go wild baby signing off i'm Isha Dromey alongside the state of hoppy this has been the soda pod presented by our friends at better ed 7th avenue pizza northland vodka and waggle golf we good men? gucci don't fear just drink some beer and stay wild
2: join us for another week in the den of huskies warming house podcast action
1: nick and i don't just work the mncaa scene we have our own show too with new episodes every week find us on apple podcasts youtube and everywhere you enjoy your favorite hockey podcasts if you can find the soda pod you can find us there too along with centerizefew.com and huskies illustrated